2: and as we seek to point Christ
0: to those who are lost and struggling and I-
2: Today we begin a new series entitled Lines of Operation, and that's a technical military term which we will explain. Our hope with this series is to identify the opportunity in its fullest expression of faith when brought to bear throughout our lives. And I won't pretend this series will be easy. Uh, There are some high-level technical terms uh, to understand. And at the same time... When you hear truth, you know that it's truth and it just makes sense. So this is a somewhat complex conversation requiring some high-level military understanding. But please trust that as we work through it together, much of the confusion about the things taking place in our country will become clear, as will your role in this fight. And my prayer with this series is that by the end... As you see into the plans of those who seek to destroy our nation under God, your growing insight into their schemes, their attacks, and their lies will help you as a Christian American to defend yourself, your family, and our way of life while going on the offensive and taking the fight to the enemies who threaten us. And I know that's a lot. And I know that in this world, as we've allowed it to be shaped it's easy to feel smaller. It's easy to feel weaker. It's easy to feel overwhelmed. But what you will see through this discussion is that you have way more power than you realize, not only because God, the creator of all things, and his son, Jesus Christ, speak to you, the Holy Spirit goes with you, and that you can overcome in all of these situations, but also just in this Secular battle that we fight, you have more power at your disposal than you may realize. So, as you've heard me say many times, our faith is not what we do for an hour on Sunday. Our faith must shape everything about us how we think, how we feel, how we act. Our faith should determine how we parent, how we allow our children to be educated, how we express our opinions, how we vote, how we spend our money how we work, how we use social media, and even what we watch on TV. And here to help us with this discussion is Pastor Steve Dennis, a longtime friend, friend of this ministry and of the show, and he's going to really help us to work our way through it. Pastor Steve, welcome.
3: Good morning, guys. Uh, What a pleasure it is to be back on the show.
2: Thank you so much. As always, I'm joined by, and so grateful for Christy Stratton, my indispensable wingman.
1: Well, thank you. That's so very kind. (laughs) I looked
2: up uh, indispensable when I wrote that because words mean things and words are important to me. And uh, another word was essential. Uh, This would not happen without you and your coordination and your work. And friends, Christy works very hard. Uh, So thank you for that.
1: Well, thank you. And it's my honor and welcome, Pastor Steve. Glad you're back.
3: Thank
2: you. And before we begin, I must remind you that as a colonel still serving in the Marine Corps Reserves, I have to preface my comments by saying that these are my personal views and they do not necessarily represent the Department of Defense or the Department of the Navy. Pastor Steve, will you please
3: pray for us? Absolutely. Father God, we praise your holy name. Father God, we submit this time to you to sit at your feet. To let your Holy Spirit minister to us, Father God. I pray for every listener, for us in in the studio, that that your Holy Spirit would be at work. That your Holy Spirit would go before us to open our eyes, open our hearts, to let our spirits be in tune with your Holy Spirit, Father God. Speak to us. Reveal your truths. Reveal what you would have for each and every one of us today. Illuminate your heart. Illuminate our hearts. And where the two do not line, uh, go to work. Bringing us closer into the image of your son, have your way in this time in Jesus' mighty name. Amen. 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 Great to have you back. I'm I'm always honored. I, I I'm excited that you called me back even. Yeah, that's a good sign. <laughs> you I made the not cut. Get invited back to <laughs> places,
2: um, friends. Pastor Steve has an amazing background from professional motocross to magazine uh, writing about. Professional motocross, I believe. Didn't you start ministry at the track?
3: Yeah, for uh, approximately 11 years, we did. We did uh, church in the middle of a field somewhere where a bunch of dirt bike racers were. <laughs> yeah, that's, that's
1: super cool. I did not know that, Pastor Steve. Yeah,
3: Very we, cool. We would it's, just pull up and unload and start going at it. Pastor Steve told me
2: an amazing story about how he eventually came to faith. He was feeling despondent. He had uh, his fun meter was pegged, as we say, in the Marine Corps, kind of sort of had enough. And he was leaving the track environment, as I understand it. And he walked by a trailer where a fella had a ministry. And now we have Pastor Steve.
1: Wow. Thank you, God. That's
2: correct, right?
3: That is correct. Yes. Yeah.
2: And friends, the reason why Pastor Steve uh, has such a powerful voice in this discussion is he and I have known each other since 2015, and he had an immediate connection to the military piece because in his own life, he's a warrior, and he's a fighter, and he understands competition. And he just connected with all of the military understanding, and I think he'll agree that there's some things about the Bible that the military perspective helps to inform, and then there are obviously everything about the Bible that helps us to be the warriors that we're supposed to be. And in your prayer, you said, line, line up our uh, God's will with us, and that's something Christy and I have been talking a lot about lately, uh, alignment. And so if you look at this world, we are so out of alignment. And uh, you've heard me say that our individual and collective potential for good depends on our understanding that everything must be brought into alignment with our faith as we live out and spread the gospel of Jesus Christ. And so one of the amazing things about Pastor Steve is he does it and he and his family are aligned, seeking God every day and living it out. And I think that's an amazingly difficult thing today.
3: It most definitely is, and I I'm honored that 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 is how people see me. Um, if if that is if I'm portraying that, then praise be to God. That I'm actually, my efforts are are uh, coming forth and bearing fruit, and and it, it extremely is. I mean that that's the hardest thing, and I, I know we're going to talk a little bit more about it as the show goes on today. But it's not. You know, remember the old commercial. This wasn't this in your 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 grandfather's Oldsmobile or whatever. <laughs> this isn't this in your grandfather's Walk with Christ, where it, it's it's really not. Where it was in everything, it's in nothing now. So so to walk this life out and to to try to do my part to make my life and bring it into everything, bring it into coaching my son's flag football team. To it, you gotta you gotta intentionally go out of your way. And so yeah.
2: That's a brilliant point friends I hope uh, I hope you caught that it was in everything our parents and grandparents talked about and it's in nothing today and where it is it's scorned I'm reading uh Tozer I love Tozer and I do too
3: I know you favorites. do and so here
2: he is writing in the 60s about how the church is uh not functioning as it should it's weak it seeks comfort before it seeks what's right And so what uh, it takes from each of us, especially today, is an amazing commitment to say, first and foremost, I'm going to keep the world at arm's length so as to be the man or woman that I'm supposed to be, and then, only then, am I ready to bring all that to the people around me. So i got to back up just a hair and... um, To look at some of the military stuff that will be the foundation of this series. So if you're new to the show, um, it's my belief that our nation, and Christian Americans in particular, are under attack. And I further believe that we must understand the nature of this attack in order to fight back. And so the devil's insurgency against God, the devil's attempted overthrow of God in his pridefulness... And in his inability to submit to something bigger and greater than himself, and I hope you hear that because I think that's a continuing theme throughout everything the devil touches. So that's insurgency, rebellion, and that's a form of irregular warfare which seeks influence. It's a violent struggle for legitimacy and influence over a group of people, and you're those people. And so the devil is fighting God over you. And he's trying to influence what you do on a daily basis and what you think is right and what you think is important and what you see with the insurgency and the those that the devil has doing his work, uh, either on purpose or because they haven't taken the time or had the exposure to understand that they have become dupes of the devil and are doing his work. But their tactics and their operations help them to achieve this strategy, this political strategy, which is a struggle for you. And so I said tactical level, operational level, and strategic level. Well, the operational level is often overlooked, and those are the campaigns that uh, often play out at the same time. So, for example, uh, in Afghanistan, there may have been Uh, the operational level to provide security for the country, to help the country build infrastructure, and to help the country develop schools, and to help the country's government develop. Those would all be lines of operation, and they would run concurrently, and uh, that was the plan to affect the political strategy. And so the way lines of operation, which is going to be the subject of our eight-week series, Lines of operation are defined as a means to visualize, describe, and direct operations when positional reference to enemy forces has little relevance. So there's no ground you can take as I'm trying to shape your heart and help you to decide what you're doing. There's no bridge that can be blown up. There's no power plant that we can attack. It's about your heart and your mind. And the devil wants it and God wants it. The devil seeks to make you a slave. God seeks to make you free, free to love him by choice. And so the lines of operation are the means by which it happens, the means by which the devil gets into your family and into your work and into your politics and into your economics. And we have the same opportunity each day as we take seriously our role as Christians and the way we fight to have this world look more like God's kingdom. So that's the bottom line. That's the next eight weeks. And in the next segment, we're going to come back and talk to Pastor Steve Dennis about how that will look. Stay with us.
1: Hello, everyone. This is Christy Stratton. As you may know, I'm host Richard Mindelow's wingman. You might wonder what a wingman is. Here on Courageous Christianity, it means I'm here to support the host of the show in our efforts 800-4940. And for a donation of $25 or more, we will send you a signed copy of Richard's book, Right Makes Might, 40 Days to Courageous Christianity. You will absolutely love this devotional, and it will help you to become more equipped in your walk as a courageous Christian. If texting isn't a fit for you, you can also donate by going to CourageousChristianity.today. So text to donate to 281 or go to CourageousChristianity.today. Friends, thank you. We are so very grateful for your listenership and for your support.
0: What a friend we have in Jesus.
2: Friends, welcome back. You're listening to Courageous Christianity All with Richard Mendelo, and, 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 and we are talking today. to Pastor Steve Dennis... As we launch a new series about lines of operation, and it might seem a little bit complicated and hazy right now, but it's going to get more clear, and as it becomes more clear, you're going to really be amazed at uh, the way this sort of warfare works. So it is part of counterinsurgency, it's part of insurgency, they're a form of irregular warfare. Irregular warfare seeks influence and legitimacy over a group of people, and the way you achieve that is by bending them in these various areas of their lives so i was recently in a hotel and i was on a layover in miami and i was sitting at breakfast and uh reading my bible and there was uh two gentlemen sitting next to me at the table next uh next door and they were having this conversation and i was kind of amazed by it uh I guess the one guy is talking about how he likes his new job, and then he says, but the owner of the company mixes his religion with his politics. And the same guy then went on to talk about various issues involving progressive agendas. He was talking about everything from the Centers for Disease Control to COVID to discussions about birth sex and gender And he talked about failed political ideas, mentioned Bernie Sanders, and even the education of young people. And as much as this guy talked, he should have a radio show, which (laughs) um, I'm just saying. So at one point I overheard him say that uh, his faith was so important to him and uh, the education of his children is so important to him that he sends them to a Catholic school. Uh, because he doesn't want them to be shaped by all the progressive agendas which have permeated public education. And then uh, about midway through, he slowed down and he says, I just don't understand. Why can't people be more moderate? My wife and I take things from both sides of these arguments. And to be honest, I wanted to grab him by the neck, which, (laughs) you know, it's not a very correct thing to do. And I wanted to tell him, hey, you're the problem. All of this, make friends with evil. All of this, make friends with all of this stuff. Be moderate. Don't stand for anything. So on the one hand, you're complaining about what is. And on the other hand, you're running away from your responsibility to stand against it. And sadly, I think this guy is maybe indicative of a lot of people. We don't like the mess. We don't understand it. And yet we're still not turning to God through all the areas of our lives. We think faith is what we do for an hour on Sunday. So I think this man is typical of people who separate faith from their secular lives, and then they don't understand. And I'm sure from time to time we've all been that guy, self-righteous, self-assured, and lost to ourselves and our limited understanding. And so my point is, if we seek God and Jesus... In all areas of our lives, not just in church, not just at home, not just in our living room with our Bible, then these things will become more clear. We will see how the devil tries to bend us to his will and the opportunity that we have to shape others. So, Pastor Steve, I'm very sorry that I've gone on so long. But what I'd like to ask is, why do Christians think that their faith is separate from what they do Monday through Saturday,
3: it's such a great question, and I really almost hate to give my answer because I don't I don't like giving the devil credit. But
2: well, I just said grab a guy by the neck, right? So. Yeah, well that's true. <laughs>
3: um, yeah, well sometimes you know you feel the need to lay hands <laughs> repeatedly. Um, but um, so here's the deal: the devil's good at playing the long game. He, you know, I I, I would like to think that if if the devil come directly at us in the old stereotypical red suit, horns, big tail, pitchfork, and stood right in front of us and said, "I'm here to destroy everything you love," I would have, I would like to think we would all just immediately stand up and fight. But that's not how he's come at us, and he's been coming at us for years. He's been coming at the church. He's been coming at he's been coming at God ever since Jesus said, "I saw Satan fall like lightning," and ever his entire thing is, "I want to be worshipped his his biggest desire satan's biggest desire is i want to be worshiped and so he's been playing this long game all this way and so to to answer the question i believe is he's slowly been using multiple lines of operation as 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 we're talking about to slowly pull god out of schools to slowly pull it out of politics to slowly pull it out of our workplace. You can't talk about that here. You can't we're gonna we're not gonna let our kids pray in school. We're gonna take the writings off the walls of our courthouses. You can't pray in court. Um you can't do these things all of a sudden. So therefore the 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 fruit of that and the byproduct of that are people that are being raised without it right in front of their face. So oh yeah church when I go there for the hour on Sunday that's where I see this God thing. I don't see it anywhere else. It's not a part of my day to life. I'm not making decisions on where I shop and where I go and the people that I'm, I'm hanging out with. I'm not making those decisions based on my faith. So that faith thing, that's just when I go at church.
2: I think that's a brilliant answer. Uh, two things, uh, well, a bunch of things popped up. So let me just make this real clear. Lines of operation are these separate areas of attack. So, for instance, it's my belief that the devil attacks faith and values. You heard Pastor Steve say, we don't have the Ten Commandments on government buildings. You can't, uh, the Bible is attacked. The language of the Bible is attacked. And then there's a separate attack on traditional family. And then there's a separate attack on education. And then there's a separate economic attack whereby, for example, you pay men to do nothing and big shock, then they do nothing and they get angry about it because men are made to work. A separate attack on government, a separate attack on our justice system and the rule of law uh, and using technology. So all of those separate things would be lines of operation and they can all go at the same time. We see right now in our society, all of those things are being attacked at the same time. Well, We have the same opportunity on a foundation of faith and values focused on family, church and community as a separate line of operation, looking at economics, job creation, because a man with a job cares about what's happening tomorrow and what will be the future of his children. And as we participate as Christians in politics, as we participate as Christians in the justice system, as we participate as Christians in education, as we watch technology, as we turn off the TV and refuse to watch these things, those are each line, a line of operation. And so you touched on a great point, Pastor Aaron Thomas said in our Courageous Christian series. And I think this expresses it so brilliantly. He says, right when we introduced him, he says, "Uh, let me just say one thing. I'm a Christian husband. I'm a Christian father. I'm a Christian friend. And uh, I thought that was such a brilliant way of saying, hey, I'm a Christian American. What happens comes from God first, and then I apply that throughout these various areas of my life.
1: Huge well, and important distinction.
2: Huge and important distinction. And then something came to me uh, that Pastor Brian Rungi said, and he said that he was in college and it wasn't until he was outside of church, having been raised in church, he heard Christian music in a secular setting. And he suddenly had this realization, hey, my faith actually is everywhere. My faith is me driving in the car. My faith is me going to the store. My faith is me at work. And it was brought uh, to the fore in his mind through music.
3: I think it it goes back. I know you've heard me say this before. Our number one priority as, as uh, those that have placed our trust in, in Jesus, yours, mine, everyone listening, your number one priority is your personal walk with Christ. So your, the Bible Everything hinges is, the, on that. The, the Bible is very specific in, in describing think about how many times it uses the word walk, your walk, where you're mm. going, not your position where you are at any given moment, but your walk. Okay, so wow. everywhere I'm going to my job, to my I still first am a child of God. I still first, my personal number one priority in my life is my personal walk with Christ. So where's the enemy going to attack first? He's going to attack there. you as an individual as an individual, because if he can steal my quiet time, if he can get me to somehow seem that this really isn't that important or it's, it's, you know, maybe four or five on my lip, my priority list, he's got me. So that piece of that, where I bring back my mindset that first and foremost, I am a child of God first and foremost, my personal walk with Christ comes first. So wherever I am going, coming to the radio station today, coming to stopping at getting a coffee, every, I'm my number one priority is still to glorify God.
2: You know, I think of a Marine who is uh, built to fight the enemy in actual combat, and all of the good that he can do in actual combat is predicated on his mental health, his spiritual health, his physical health, or her, all of that that I bring to whatever fight I will eventually be in is, first and foremost, my holistic readiness. And what you're saying is our faith, our relationship with Jesus, the strength of that, the the integrity of that. If we have sin to get rid of sin, um, our, our knowledge of God and what he wants from us all starts first and foremost there. And everything is built on that. So that's why I say, in terms of courageous Christianity and our lines of operation as I see it, it's on a foundation of faith and values that we do everything else.
3: I 100% agree. Carry that, that into all that you, you... know. Scripture says, let all I do in word and deed glorify my Lord. So carry that into everything. Yeah, we would be so less lost if, if we said...
2: Um, What am I supposed to do in this situation as a Christian? So I told Christy, I came home from a trip and I stopped at the grocery store. And when I came out with my groceries, the car in front of me, a truck with a big brush guard had pulled up too far and he had dented my front bumper and my uh, hood. And my car's old. It's got dents and dings all over it. And I was going to stand there and wait for him. And then I said, You know what? Is this right? And the Holy Spirit says to me, How many times have you been forgiven? You just forgive him. Just let it go. And I got in my car and drove off. And that's an example. And we're going to talk about how else we live out our faith when we come back.
1: Stay with us. They fought for our freedom and made sacrifices most of us can't imagine. And now, our veterans need your help. Hi, friends. I'm Christy Stratton, Richard Mendelo's wingman here on Courageous Christianity. You've possibly heard us talking about Freedom Alliance on the show. It's an organization near and dear to our hearts. Freedom Alliance is healing the wounds of war, including the devastating emotional injuries that cause veterans to reject God's love. Freedom Alliance is saving lives in military marriages. They rehabilitate wounded heroes, donate customized wheelchairs to amputees, and provide college scholarships to the sons and daughters of military heroes. I hope you'll join us in supporting our combat veterans by donating to Freedom Alliance today. I urge you to visit freedomalliance.org to learn more about their mission. We at Courageous Christianity know the team at Freedom Alliance, and we've seen them do the Lord's work. They are committed to helping ordinary Americans who've done extraordinary things. Please go to freedomalliance.org to make a contribution that will change a hero's life.
2: Friends, for almost 18 months, Christy Stratton has been my wingman on Courageous Christianity. To our message of Courageous Faith, she adds her invaluable perspective as a transformational coach. She's the walking embodiment of courage and compassion, and she brings us to bear on those going through divorce in her own show, The Divorce Coaching Hour, which airs Saturdays from 1 to 2 p.m. right here on 100.7 KKHT, The Word. For those who are struggling in their marriages, she brings hope with guests who speak to the myriad counseling options available. For those who are going through divorce, she offers invaluable technical and behavioral assistance. And for those who are coming out of divorce, she delivers a unique perspective on the opportunity for growth and change. If you are, or a friend or family member is, struggling in a marriage, contemplating or going through divorce, you need a wingman. You will want to tune in each Saturday to hear from Christy and her guests. One thing is for sure, as I have learned over the last 72 shows on Courageous Christianity, you can count on Christy for truth, for a faith-based perspective, for compassion, and for insightful guidance. Tune in each Saturday. She'll be there for you as well. Don't miss the Divorce Coaching Hour with Christy Stratton every Saturday at 1 p.m. on 100.7 FM, KKHT, The Word. Friends, you're listening to Courageous Christianity. We're talking with Pastor Steve. We're in our Lines of Operations series, and he's helping us to introduce the idea that faith and values are fundamental to all that we do, and yet many Christians believe that our faith is what we do for an hour on Sunday, and Monday through Saturday we do different stuff. And one thing that we're hoping with this series is that we're shaping our expectations for the new year to really hit the ground running in the new year and not that we should wait, but shaping expectations is very important. And one of the aspects of shaping expectations is accepting reality as we accept uh, where we are and what we must change. So uh, we've said before suffering exists between reality and what we wish reality was. Well, now what I'm going to say to you is imagine what reality should be that being courageous Christians living out their faith through every area of our lives. Now we stand honestly and we say, are we that or do we have shortfalls? And then we say, well, we have shortfalls. We could be doing better. How do we do that? And so it's on a foundation of faith and values, our personal relationship with Christ that we then bring to bear throughout every area of our lives when we're driving to the grocery store when we're in line at the bank and all the good that we can do and the glory that we bring to god is based on that and what people see in that so accountability you said the devil attacks us in a lot of different ways one of those ways i think is accountability we don't want to stand in the glare of the truth But repent was one of Jesus's first words. So how do you see the need for us to trust Jesus with who and what we are and where we fall short and then to just ask him what he will make of us. And then as we go forth in that truth, that accountability, we enjoy his support uh, our own leaving everything at the foot of the cross, uh, engaging him in all of that power that's available to us, beginning beginning there in our personal walk. Does that, is that a
3: difficult? Well, uh, so. Uh, I, I made that pretty confusing. Well, <laughs> <laughs> I, but I believe it's, it, it kind of goes back to the first, if I get that number one priority um, right, that I know that my first and foremost priority is my personal walk with Christ and I seek him in all that I do. Then let that Uh, as you were saying that a perfect example came up. My um, amazing wife, uh, she's a critical care ICU nurse, and she was working at a facility that just, by all means, simple means, she wasn't happy with the job. Um, And but this particular job gave her an amazing opportunity to witness to the people she was caring for, and we were there. She she would get job offers almost weekly of, of different places. And, you know, she's looking into him and everything. She's like, what do you think I should do? I said, I said, well, I would stop and I would I'd pray and I'd say, Lord, where can I have the biggest kingdom impact? Where can I have, where can I do the most for you? Because the job's just a job. Where can I do the most for you? And through prayer and and Jesus and the Holy Spirit revealed it to her that she was where she needed to be. She, yeah, she could have went to this other place, made more money, and done different things. And unfortunately, that's most of the motivation of the world. Where am I going to get it the cheapest? What, how am I going to make more, this or that? But rather than stepping back and saying, where do you need me? And in the short version is, he used her amazingly. Um, people that were at the end of life, sometimes my wife was the last person these people saw on this earth. Mm. And for her to be able to speak the gospel and to speak the truth. And, you know, my wife, uh, she doesn't, she doesn't uh, hold back. She does not mince words. No, she doesn't. (laughs) And I mean, she would just flat tell him, say, you're, you know, you're not walking out of here. Do you know Jesus? Do you, you know, have you had a a chance to to accept him as Lord and Savior? Um, And she would sit right there and sometimes lead him to the Lord. And like I said, sometimes she was the last person they saw. What an amazing gift.
2: So. Wow. Where would you rather be?
3: So. Her fulfillment in that job and in that place um, turned around whenever, you know, she really said, okay, I'll go here because I know that it's a much bigger than me showing up and, you know, administering. You're truly
2: kingdom minded.
3: And that, it, that's exactly it. So how many times, so where's that accountability? Then then the accountability lies within God's word and, and through prayer and through the Holy Spirit revealing to you in this decision that you're about to make. What's the kingdom impact? What's the what's what's the biggest pushing back of the darkness that can happen right here, right now? And it might just be as simple as smiling to someone, opening a door. But it could be like, no, I need you to stay right here and hold the line. The conqueror is coming, but I need you to hold the line right here.
2: What I hear is in the previous segment, you talked about personal relationship with Jesus as the foundation of everything. And the attacks that the devil will bring against that personal relationship through distraction and sin and so forth. And that was like defense. Now what you're saying is that defense enables us to be the people we're supposed to be so that we can then go on offense and go and do kingdom minded work, go and do God's work. So because your wife is the person that she's supposed to be supported by you in marriage, at home where you have faith and you're mutually supporting. She was strengthened there. She was able to pray there. She was able to get centered there. She was able to ask for God's guidance. He provided that she stayed where she was. And now she's on the offense, bringing that light to the darkness of these last hours of people's lives.
3: Amen. And I th- I think it, like I said, what a kingdom impact that is. It's, and that's the, that's the beauty of the line of, you know, you know, the, the word that come when I think of lines of operation, you know, we're talking about it. Um, the symmetry of all of these, these smaller pieces collectively doing more than any one of them could on their own. That that's, that's my, my dumbed down version of, of the definition of symmetry, a bunch of smaller pieces doing, doing a much bigger, having two a much, plus two equals seven. Exactly. I'm having a much bigger impact. And so as, we support Chris, Christian businesses, and I make that conscious choice to do that. As I, as I support the, the the people that are in my village, is there an air conditioner man in your church? And you need an air conditioner man, support him. Oh well, he's he's fifty dollars higher. Support your village. Support the ones in there. Strengthen that body of Christ. Make that a stronger body by doing those things. Stay at a job that 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 the Lord's telling you to stay at even when your flesh doesn't want to. The, the, see, the, the, the enemy wants to attack, to come in through the flesh. Um, if I can get my flesh to do it, then I can start to change the way I think. If I change the way I think, it'll harden my heart. Well, God wants to do it the other way. He wants to come in through, through the heart. If I change my heart, it'll change the way I think. If I change the way I think, re- by the renewing of your mind, Scripture says, then I can control my flesh.
2: Wow, uh, so brilliant! And the devil just comes at you in so many ways. So God tells us that we're fearfully and wonderfully made, and so how do we? How does a Christian support a politician who votes for abortion? How does that happen? If seventy percent of the United States identifies as Christian, then when Scripture says, "I'm fearfully and wonderfully made," when it says that the God that God knew you in your mother's womb that he knit you there with a special purpose. How does a Christian support a politician who supports abortion? If you think about uh, Judge Mack, who we had recently on the show, and uh, our legal system, and all of these interpretations made from a Christian perspective, how can you vote for anyone else? When you think about all of these corporations and organizations and businesses pushing all of this progressive nonsense on our children, pushing it in commercials, pushing it on TV shows, pushing it at the halftime show of every NFL uh, sport uh, or rather game, how do we support that organization? The answer is we shouldn't. We should try not to. And I get it. If it's the last place on earth and you, and you need gas, then you go there and get gas. But this is what I'm saying about how our faith should permeate everything we do.
3: It, it, you know, as, as you walk throughout the day, that's it. I mean, you walk in a gas station, you may or may not know the religious beliefs of the owner of that gas station. That, that, that's not, that's not what I believe. Uh, if I hear you correctly, that that's not exactly what we're saying. It's, It's be intentional, be 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 intentional, be be thoughtful and mindful of where you're headed. Uh, Another just real quick example, Uh, um, I mentioned earlier, uh, my son's flag football. Uh, They needed a coach, so I stepped up to be a coach. I know nothing about football, I know nothing about coaching football, but they're six and seven year old motorcycles. Yeah, there's no motorcycles involved. So, but the first question I ask is, could I pray before we started? And they they said yes. I, I was gonna that was bringing i i i was going to not do it if i couldn't be me to those young men amen if i couldn't bring what i bring to it then then i wasn't going to do it not that i'm in there preaching to them but but i'm going to be i'm going to be who i am and who i am would pray before before any competition pray for protection pray for I that love it. if i can't do that then then i'm not in
2: yeah uh i get that totally i've told this story before Uh, I'll tell it uh, quickly when the meals come to the flight deck and uh, we're eating as we're flying along on these long international flights. I always say grace and I'll be flying with a guy and I'll say to him, do you want to say grace with me? And a couple years ago, I said to this one guy going to South America, do you want to say grace with me? And he said, sure. And after we got done saying grace, we're sitting there eating our dinner in the middle of the night. And he says, I've never said grace before. And we started talking about it a little bit. And then we landed, and we were in Sao Paulo, Brazil, and the whole crew went out to dinner that night. And before we ate, he looked at me, and I knew he was wondering, are we going to say grace? So we said grace. Uh, He and I end up having a friendship. Uh, We text and we talk, and he got cancer. And uh, we would pray together on the phone, and he died a couple months later. And his last text to me said God is great. And so the opportunity that we have to bring light to the darkness is immense. And if we give ourselves to Jesus, He will make sure that that happens. Stay with us, folks. We're going to talk a little more about that as we move into our last segment. Friends, it's Richard, the host of Courageous Christianity. In addition to donations, sponsorships also help to keep us on the air and sustain our ongoing efforts. We'd love for you to join us in this mission. If you own a Christian business or an entrepreneur, or it's on your heart to support our efforts, sponsorship opportunities are available. You'll have the chance to have your message heard during each show and much more. If you want to join us in our mission to equip Christian warriors for the spiritual battlefield and support us with your sponsorship, contact us at 281 656 1833 or email us at courageouschristianity@gmail.com. at gmail.com. Contact us today to apply as there are some requirements. So give us a call at two eight one six five six eighteen thirty three, or email us at courageouschristianity@gmail.com. at gmail.com. We're grateful for your listenership and for your support. Friends, you're listening to Courageous Christianity. We're talking to Pastor Steve about Lines of Operation, our new series that we're beginning today. And I guess the point, every time you talk, people basically remember one thing. If you can remember one thing, my point is that our faith should shape everything. It should determine how we respond to the world and how we cause the world to respond to us. Our faith must shape all of the opportunities that we have to lean on the world, because the world takes every opportunity to lean on us. We mentioned early in segment one, it's about alignment. We live in an incredibly misaligned world. And in the same misaligned world, these people who are lost and say, I don't understand, are the same people who say, well, it's not God. That's not the answer. God is for church. (laughs) Right now, I'm at work and i think the important point is to see all of the symmetry and synergy even better the symmetry and the synergy when we are uh focused where we should be and when we're in the word of the bible we can experience symmetry alignment and the synergy that comes from that tremendous combat power
3: i, I agreed i as as you look through scripture um well, like I mentioned earlier before the show, truth is truth, whether yielded for good or evil. If something works, it's you know if if there's something that works. So, using this synergy and the symmetry of multiple things attacking, having having multiple impact points, while the devil is wielding it against us, it, it 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 it's still it's effective because it is a truth. I mean those that that method works, and so when you look at scripture. God's truth and his, his lines of operation, his attack. I think the biggest, most critical, uh, line of that, that we look to is the Trinity, God, the Holy father, God, the son, and the God, the Holy spirit, all working together, different roles, different pieces. God is one all in one, but it, but taking these different approaches to, to push the ball down. Court. He's
2: with us. He protects us. He guides us. And we're seeking him.
3: He, he uses, uh, he uses multiple, you know, the fivefold ministry, uh, apostles, prophets, pastors, teachers, evangelists, different things to, and in that, you know, you see governance, you see, you see the, the communication unit. So you see all that accountability with, within us, the, the, the body has different gifts, the teacher, the, the giver, the mercy, the, the different things, um, you see in Acts, as the early church, they continually devoted themselves to to certain things, to the to the apostles' teaching, the breaking of bread, to fellowship, to prayer. Our quiet time is is developed around worship, studying the word, and prayer. So when we seek to seek him and hear God's voice and to to truly um, be in tune with him, there's these different methods and and best used in unison and, and collectively together my quiet time i try to worship i mean i put my earbuds in and i'll just i'll listen to worship music and i'll praise my lord i'll pray and then i'll study the word uh, so collectively i put those together to create a symmetry to bring me into his presence to where i'm clearly hearing his voice so that the the idea
2: creating defensive combat power as we seek to be the people he wants us to be and offensive combat power as we're integrated together
3: amen when you look at the when you look at the 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 armor in ephesians uh six there's 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 the protective there's the shield and then there's the offensive there's prayer there's the word so all of that the idea of multiple things uh, uh, happening at the same time to achieve a bigger thing is all throughout scripture
2: so as to lines of operation if you imagine that you take your faith and do it everywhere that same symmetry, because you're focused on the Trinity, you're focused on God, that symmetry, and then the synergy that we each have if we all do it. Friends, 70% of the United States of America identifies as Christian. And if you want to call yourself a Christian, be a Christian. Christy,
1: One thing you I want to, to d-
2: raise your hand. Do you realize? Well, <laughs> <your
1: hand>? <laughs> Hello. <laughs> you can't see me over here. I'm waving him down. No, I'm just thinking about the listeners and maybe they're like myself at one point didn't really understand what the Trinity was. And so if you're hearing this right now uh, out there and you're wondering, you're hearing this, the symmetry that comes through the Trinity, that's God tapping you on the shoulder, so to speak, and saying, hey, get some more information. So seek that information if you don't understand what we're talking about. Because I promise you, as you step into the word and you learn what the word says you will find that alignment
2: and that's the truth friends ask and you shall receive seek and you shall find knock and the door will be open to you but you got to ask you got to seek and you got to knock and that's the truth and as you know in every show we have a moment of truth where we look at scripture which informs our discussion and we do this to remind ourselves that god's word is our first refuge it's the fountain of our truth it's always relevant It's timeless. It will speak to you individually through the Holy Spirit. It never fails. And our moment of truth today comes from Romans chapter 12, verse 2. Do not be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewal of your mind, that by testing you may discern what is the will of God, what is good and acceptable and perfect. Friends, that is our job as Christians. Discerning the will of God by faith. Discerning what is good and acceptable in every area of our lives by faith. Not being conformed, but being transformed by our faith. In love with resolve by faith. Our job is to change the world. And at the same time, the world is trying to change us. There's offense and defense. And so, how do we navigate this battle? by faith first our faith is our shield ephesians chapter 6 verse 16 says in addition to all this take up the shield of faith our faith protects us when the world says that boys are girls and girls are boys we say that each of us is made as we should be by a loving god when the world tells us that a human baby is not a human we say that's nonsense When the world says that racism cures racism or that welfare cures poverty, we don't vote for those who support such lies. We don't fund businesses and organizations which support such lies. And we don't allow our government to spend our tax dollars in teaching these lies to our children. Our faith is our shield. Second, our faith is our compass. It guides us in everything. And Jesus makes this clear when he says in John Chapter 14, verse 6, I am the way and the truth and the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. He is a compass. His word is a compass. That man at the breakfast table who said, I don't understand, he has no idea. And he has no idea because he has no compass. And he has no compass because he believes that his faith is separate from his secular life. And so he's lost. He is recklessly self-assured, and yet he admits that he doesn't understand what's going on. He leads his family in darkness. He uses his worldly resources in darkness. He is aiding and abetting the enemy in self-reliance, and he calls himself a Christian. As sad and crazy as that is, many of us are like him. So how do we fix it? We submit our understanding to Jesus in everything. We submit our failing ideas to his perfect knowledge. And we do that in everything from our marriages to our parenting to our relationships at work. We take Jesus to the voting booth. We take him to the bank. We take him to the ball game. He doesn't stay at home to be picked up for church on Sunday. In all things, we walk by faith in Jesus. And Pastor Steve made the brilliant point that everything in the Bible is about a walk. It's about motion by faith. And that's Courageous Christianity. And we're going to talk about this over the next two months as we prepare for the new year. We will talk about how our faith defines our daily tactics and how it can be applied along lines of operation which put pressure on the enemy at every point all the time. Seventy percent of us identify as christian imagine if we all acted like it and i hope you'll enjoy this series with us i want to thank pastor steve dennis of the light community fellowship in willis texas where he serves as the executive pastor pastor steve thank you so much for being with us
3: Uh, again honored and and such a great work to be a part of the the one thing that you said i uh, you know i mentioned the think if if we were if we were trying to to go straight up a street that where i was taking taking fire firing at us without my shield i've got to dodge i've got to hide i've got to cover i've got to retreat but when i have that shield i can run right up the middle because the shield blocks and so as you say faith and values is what what should be as scripture says faith is our shield and as you're saying importance to the to the lines of operation my faith is what goes in front of me I can run right up the middle. I can run up the fiery, the scripture says, the fiery darts will bounce off. So it's without that faith in Christ, Jesus Christ alone, I I, got to dodge. I got to retreat.
2: You're lost. You're moving all around. There's There's no victory. There's no victory. There's no victory. There's nothing fixed. It's all changing all the time.
3: And that's the difference between conforming and transformation. You mentioned the scripture in Romans, the difference between conforming to my world or being transformed into something that I I wasn't before
2: we've talked a lot about the fact that as Christians we are not in the outcome business we're in the process business and that process is the shield of faith where we can walk straight up the middle of any street and know that Jesus walks with us the Holy Spirit guides us and as we stand in the truth of God he will not let us be put to shame Friends, thank you so much for joining Christy and me. We hope you'll join us each and every week here on 100.7 FM, KKHT, The Word, at KKHT.com, or on CourageousChristianity.today, where you can listen to previous episodes by podcast. We are honored to walk with you in Christ. God bless and simplify.